You know, before I get in the Word, I'm going to ask y'all a question. How many of you have ever read this book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight and the World Gone Crazy? Anybody in here? I'm just, okay. The problem is I only have one of these books in the bookstores, and it's right here. And so, um, you know, there's things that are going on in the world today, and I don't, I don't feel qualified. I do some things to preach on, but Rick Renner does. He, this book is fantastic. Now, what he's done is he's taken that scripture in Timothy that in the last days perilous times will come, and they broke it down, what's going on in the world, and how do we live now? And it's a very, very good book. There's a lot going on. So I have a question for you. First of all, I'd rather you read it than me preach it. That's why I'm doing this, because I'd rather you read the whole book. Because there's no way in the world I could preach this. And uh, not to the degree he is. The next thing is, is how much of that do you want me to minister on? How much of, of what's happening now do you all want to know? That's huge. The, the reason for that, let's, let's turn me down a little bit, Mike. The reason for that is this. In the world right in this minute, the biggest issue we are facing is compromise. That is our biggest problem. They, the, the church, and I, and I have a video at home. I found it on my shelf, and when... when um, Braze was here, Anthony Braze. He mentioned it, and I said, I have that video. And I found out that Doug Bankston's on the video, and his, his pastor's one that did the video. And he's talking about what's going on in the world and what's going on behind the scenes, and he began to expose what's going on in denominational churches when it comes to being woke and how in Bible schools they're firing people all over America that are not preaching in favor of woke, the homosexual agenda. And we're talking about denomination. So that so much so that churches are, are no longer preaching on. In other words, God, they've, they've changed the definition of love. And, and we love people who are bound in sin. I mean, where's Teresa? Where's, is she even in here? Uh, Teresa... Um, Schubert has a, a, a friend who's gay, uh, a person she knows, and she got into a discussion with him the other day, a very good discussion. I mean, and she was very f graceful. They asked her questions, and she showed them what Jesus said about it. And uh, the world wants to know, but right now, um, it is, it is not easy to preach. Now, y'all are looking at me like a dog at a new bowl. Because well, Sunday, when I'm preaching on living right, you guys go quiet. Well, you more, you're quieter than you think you are. You're like, well, we're listening. No, you're quiet. And it's, it is... It's a big deal to look at the Bible and go, he's really wants me to live right. He's really expecting a lot more out of me than I'm. That's not popular. And, and so it is, makes it, it's making it more difficult 
on my end to preach it because the definition of love is just love everybody. Well, you can love everybody, but, but compromising is not okay. Now, what's happening is we're all loving people, but we're not sharing truth. You know as well as I do that the moment you share truth, you're not going to get invited to some events. And people, you know, I have family members who, who have been loving on, their fa- on my family for 15 years. They hadn't even gotten close to talking about Jesus. Don't, don't shout me down. So it, it, the book is a whole lot more brutal than, than I can ever be. It is, but it's non-confrontational because you know he ain't talking to you. But he deals with this whole woke. Uh, it has to, in America, you really must start talking about living right. We, I have people in, that go to this church that have said to me personally, I'm saved. It don't matter how I live. Oh, oh, oh more than you think. And I've had, what that is, is over in, in, in I think it's Timothy. No, in the book of Jude, he said, they've turned the grace of God into a license to sin. And um, it, it makes a statement that they've denied the Lord. That means those were once Christians. Wow. See, that's, it's, it's more than you think. It's a lot more. So this, this inclusivity is, is, is dangerous. But, our, but, but we have a generation, they need to know right from wrong. And I have an opinion that if you want to live right, you got to go all in. I don't, I, I've never understood how you could be three quarters saved. I don't, I got married, I went all in. I got born again, I went all in. And I don't, I don't think there's any way to sort of halfway do it. And I think we're, anyway, that's, that's why I, I stay away from it to some degree. Um, I know I cannot. I know I have to start at some point addressing issues. Like in the last days, what's going on in the world? Um, there's a new morality being put on by the world, and it's being adopted by the church. And it's completely unscriptural. The average Christian, and I was telling Teresa this the other day, you, you guys know more Bible than most preachers ever heard. You've forgotten more Bible than most preachers have ever heard. Did you know that? That's quite a big deal. And yet we still, there's a lot we don't know. There's a lot I don't know. So anyway, I just thought I'd ask you that question. Boy, y'all, that was quite the deal. Y'all, y'all responded quite well to me. I love listening to Rick Renner. I love John Bevere. I believe those men balance me out. I love Mark. I love God is good. He managed to run, I was jump pews, shout, holler, scream. And then I also believe in going home, open up my Bible and let it clean you out. <laughs> let the word go. Ah, you better straighten that up. That ain't right. So I have a concern for our generation that if we don't start preaching truth, we're going to lose them. Amen. Well, anyway, enough of that. Are you all ready? Go to, second, go to Romans chapter 117. I'm not preaching on that tonight. 
I'm preaching on faith versus feelings. I want to talk about your faith versus feelings. And I want you all to see something here. There's a lot. We need to, at some point, introduce you to lives being changed in this church so you'll know we're doing something. Uh, the number of people that have been born again and they come in and they hear the word of God and they grow is, is awesome. Um, I, I think it was Teresa and I were talking the other day about we're not the army. Army's made up of numbers. We're more like the Navy SEALs. We'd rather train you to do a job well. And so that's kind of what we do here. It's kind of what I do. So Romans 1 and, and let's look at 117. Let's read 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And as is written, the just live by faith. The word just means the righteous. Those that are in righteousness with God shall live. The Greek word there for live is actually live and live. And I know that sounds strange, but I'm going to explain it to you. Languages have a peculiarity about themselves. English is probably the most difficult. If I said to you that today Lisa went to Subway, she didn't move to Subway. She's not living there. She just went. But if I said, May the 3rd, Lisa and I got married, that has the connotation that we got married and are still married. That's just a, it's a word we use in our language. The word here in Greek is the, um, the just live, they're saved by faith and they continue by faith. They, they live and they continue to live by faith. It's not I got saved, I was saved. It is an everyday ongoing life that God expects out of you and I. It's called a life of faith. Now, the faith, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Jesus said, if you had faith, as a grain of mustard seed. So what I want to talk to you right now is called feelings that somehow or another in our life, there's something that hijacks us when it comes to truth, and that is our feelings. Now, we have a soul, and the definition of your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And we have emotions. God gave us emotions. But one of the things that I found out that really trips us up when we're standing on the word or we're walking by faith is the fact that we have such feelings. And so when we hear statements like God, well, here's one, build yourself up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, you're hearing that something is going to happen that you can feel yourself being energized. And it may be true, but most of the time not. So the reason people don't pray more in the Holy Ghost is that their mind gives them trouble. Mind does too, so don't feel condemned. 
And then at the end of praying in the Spirit for 15 minutes, you don't feel you accomplished a thing. And why would you do something if it isn't accomplishing anything? But are you? Say yeah. How do you know? Because it says so. Because it says so. Now, you and I have got to start learning that I call it going total word. If I pray, I will find myself saying, he heard me. Anytime I pray according to his will, he hears me. And I know if he hears me, I have it. And I have it. And 999% and nine-tenths, I feel nothing. I don't feel any better. And I don't feel like God is there. What happens to us is that we've allowed our flesh, our emotions, those things to dominate us. They're for us, but they shouldn't dominate us. And the problem with walking by faith is that we are too emotional. Now, you have emotions. But you and I have got to really not let that dictate how we live. And that's not a... That's a huge statement I just made because, well, we'll get into marriage in just a minute. So feelings are always based on whatever you're thinking about. Feelings follow thought. So if you're basing on whether God loves you, you're basing whether you're a a good person, whether you're spiritual, whether, whether you're basing anything on your feelings, you will become sidetracked. So the, where the devil is going to attack you is going to be in your soul and how you feel. Well, you prayed. How do you feel? Well, devil, I don't ask myself how I feel. Well, wait a week from now and ask yourself that when you still don't feel very good. Boy, I'm doing real good. So let's talk about this a minute. Number one, we really don't feel God. You say, well, I mean, I felt the spirit move. Well, I've I've had times when I didn't feel squat. I walked in a hospital with a man that came to this church. I, I wish he had came back. I wish he had enough sense to come back. But he called me, and he's, on his, he's in the hospital, and he's got like three days to live. And I went in, and he goes, hi, Pastor. I said, hey, brother. He said, man, I, don't know. I said, well, we're going to lay hands on you. And so I prayed for him, prayed for a total healing. I said, you ready to? I said, what do you want me to pray for? He said, healing. I want to be healed. I said, all right. So I never heard from him again for, oh, maybe a year. And one day I was at Justin's and he came by, Justin's, and he goes, you know, I've been meaning to talk to you. He said, I got up the next day and went home. And I thought, I would have liked to have known that. 
Now, you know what I felt when I prayed for him? Not a thing. I've had times when I prayed for people and they went flying through the room and they didn't even get healed. This guy didn't even wiggle. So feelings aren't truth. That, and that, anyway, so, so anyway, anyway, anyway. I don't feel safe sometimes. Some, we're going to get into what happens when you start feeling like you've lost your salvation. Um, I don't feel that I love so-and-so anymore. Let's go down this road. You, you meet a girl. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy, so I'm going to say girl. Melanie would say guy. Okay, I meet a girl. And you fall in love. It isn't love. It is a feeling. But she's hot. She's sexy. She's fun. You enjoy your day. And, and all of the feelings come in. Well, about a year after you're married, you're thinking, what did I do? So what do we do with that? Because love, God is love, and, and that's, love isn't a feeling. It, this is where you walk by faith, and if you want the feelings to return, Go back and think about what you were thinking about when you met her. Put all the rest of it under the blood and get, listen, you're going to have to learn to get along with people. And so in church, most people judge a sermon by how the sermon made them feel. Well, that was good. What, wait a minute, what if the sermon didn't make you feel good? I, I was listening to Billy Graham today. I was on my phone. I got to get my stupid phone fixed because it keeps jumping from one YouTube to the next. While, and I'm, it's got a virus. I think it has COVID. <laughs> I'm going to have to get it vaccinated or something. And I was listening to Billy Graham and I'm thinking how strong he was on morality, and I thought to myself, my God, this is good, and he was preaching, you come to Jesus' spirit, soul, and body, he doesn't want your spirit, he wants all of you, baby, and I just thought, go Billy, you know, but the, the, the thing is, is that we have created a society, and I think it was Joyce Myers that says, People judge you by how you made them feel. And I mean, I want you to feel good, but you know, let's just be honest. There are times the three boys didn't go to bed feeling love. But it was love, wasn't it? I mean, you ever put your kids to bed after you had a discussion with them and they didn't feel the love? So not everything, not every conversation God wants to have with you, you're going to leave feeling good. But it is good. It is good. Now, I'm not saying every conversation should leave you feeling like, man, I haven't been in this church for six months, and I haven't heard one good sermon yet. I mean, that might be not a good church. All right. But yet, I know this about people, and I need you to know this. 
that after a while, if, if they start having problems with their feelings, they're going to do what Adam and Eve did. They're not going to take responsibility and walk by faith. They're just going to walk. Because they're looking for something to be repaired in the circumstances of their life, not in their soul, not in their life. They want the circumstance to change, and they use the circumstance to base whether God heard them or not. In other words, about the time people have trouble, they run. That doesn't fix anything. That, that's go, so, so let's use the word fellowship. I'm getting ahead of myself. When circumstances are bad, God loves me. No, he, God left me. He doesn't love me. I must be in sin. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Every one of us have had this feeling. We've been through a week and we're like, I don't know what I did wrong. Why did you go down that path? Well, he must not have heard me. And, and, and you, go, you go all over in your emotions trying to figure things out. Maybe he loves you and he answered your prayer and maybe he just waiting on you to count it on joy. I mean, it may not be you did anything wrong, but as long as you've got the devil there talking to you. Now, let me, let me get ahead of myself, way ahead. Anytime there's light, Satan can't abide. But when there's no light, the devil automatically abides. If you're not walking in the light, the devil is talking to you. And you get in a bad circumstance and you get complaining and, and you get grumpy and you get all gooey, you're going to invite spirits. And then you're going to have a lot of trouble with your thinking. All right, well, he's going to be there to tell you what dog you are. Okay. Movies are designed to stir your emotions. And they do a good job of it. How many of y'all remember the movie, The Fugitive? Do you remember what the movie's about? About a doctor. Was, they, they accused him of killing his wife and all of that. During the whole movie, you're hoping that he gets away because you know he didn't do it. But in real life, he did. It was based on a real story, and he murdered his wife. Now, now here's the problem with it. A movie can work your emotion to the point of what they want you to feel. And yet it isn't true. Andrew Womack was telling a story about how he was watching a documentary about a man that raped and killed a girl and he was going on death row and he was going to be killed. And they did this documentary on how he never had a chance in his boyhood and he was so mistreated. And he said at the end of the documentary, I felt so sorry for the boy. And he said he walked away and the Lord said, what about the girl? And he went, well, yeah, amen. And all of a sudden now he's mad at the man. Your feelings are screwy. In our society right now, I have to watch things I say from the pulpit because they are attached 
to your emotions. You're wrong, but but you've got an emotional attachment. And you and it, it's just don't it's not a good day for me to bring up some subjects. How many people have gotten mad at me? I wore a Trump hat one day and I had people get up and leave and said, you don't know what it was like to live in the 60s. I don't know what my hat had anything to do with the 60s. (laughs) There's an emotional attachment to growing up in an era where there was a lot of racism and I just didn't want to vote for the devil and I I wanted to vote for the mean guy over the devil. But I don't know what my head had to do with the six. But see, there's people who they lived it, they felt it, and that's real to them. It's also not, not what's going on now is not true. There's not, there's not as much racism going on as you think there is. Amen. I mean, there is some. I don't mean. Okay. Then when the circumstances are good... God loves me, he's with me, I must be living right. And he made me not. I don't need the Lord, I got a good job, everything's going right, I don't need to pray. <laughs> yeah, you do. All right. Um, happiness is always based on circumstances. Peace is based on righteousness. All right, we'll get to happiness in a minute. Go to, go, to, go to Matthew 7. I'm going somewhere with this in a minute. We've got to get there, though. Matthew 7. So here's my question I want to ask you. What do you call it when you have like 15 ships that tie themselves together? Fellowship. That's not supposed to be a trick question. That really wasn't. But let me ask you a question. What good is it if none of them are anchored to a dock? Nothing. What you have, a boat not anchored is at the mercy of the wind and 15 boats not anchored are at the mercy of the wind. So a lot of times people will choose relationships and fellowship with another person over the word. Well, my friends, your friends aren't anchored and you're not anchored and you don't even know anybody that's anchored. So all of y'all are just blowing in the breeze. Now I'm going to show you the key to walking by faith. Now we're going to read that we're going to read this in Matthew um, 7.24, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, n- not hears them, not mental assents on a Wednesday night to them, you leave and you make the adjustment. If Jesus is Lord, you are required to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Let me get off of that for a minute. Let's get on holiness for a minute. Is the, is the Ten Commandments legalism? They're not, are they? What are they there for? I mean, they're old covenant. 
Thou shalt not murder. So, you know, I mean, you know, I came in this week. I had a problem with a guy on the interstate and I shot him, but I asked God to forgive me, so I'm all right. Is that all right? Really? I'm forgiven? Okay, hold on a minute. I'm going somewhere. You can't, you can't be saved by keeping the law, but you're now saved so you can keep the law. God didn't create a lawless church. We're not supposed to be disobeying the law. Now you are righteous, and now you can live a righteous life from the inside out. So when Jesus talks about being a doer of the word of God, there is a standard that we should hold each other accountable to in church. It's not okay to live like the devil. Now you understand there's people walk in and they, they got saved last week and there's a lot of grace. Give them, give them space. 30 years later, no, honey. No, you better not. I don't want him to hear it. So you have to make a decision that I'm going to be a doer. And you're going to find out that living by faith and doing is exactly the same thing. To the degree you trust him, you obey him. If you're living any way you want to, you have no faith. Because he can't be trusted. I'm not going to do that. That would screw up my whole life if I did that. If I started giving, I wouldn't have any money. Well, it's not about whether you have, it's called obedience. Oh boy, y'all see there, y'all went. All right, let's go back. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'm going to liken to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, Lisa made a fantastic statement one time during the last hurricane. She said, God told you not to build a house in Cocoa Beach. He sort of did. You're on the sand. There ain't no rocks out there anywhere. Anyway, so what he's basically saying, and all of us in here who have built or had any parts, you know, um, Robert here and other people, we don't, we don't have a rock, so we pour a rock. It's called a slab because you need to build that house on something solid. All right, he's talking about building your life on the word, not on Jesus. I built my life on Jesus. No, build it on the word of God, what he said. There's a lot more than just being born again in the Bible. All right, Who, uh, 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 the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and it built and it beat that house and it did not fall. It was founded on a rock. Now, what he's talking about is what you and I are doing every day of our life is very, very important. Are you walking by faith, doing the word, or are you living by your emotions, which is sand? You live on your emotions. When the storms come, it is going to tear your life up, and that isn't God doing it. All right, now let's go back for a moment, and let's talk about your Christianity for a moment. You had a bad week. I'm going to the beach. I know it's Sunday, but I'm going to tell you what, by God, I'm going to the dang beach. I mean, I'm just wore out. That's happiness. That's not faith. 
Get right with God, then go to the beach. If you think sitting and looking at a sunset, see, the, all of that is my emotions are wrecked, and therefore I need a physical stimulus of the salty air and a, and a white bird pooping on my car to make me feel good about my day. You'd be surprised at how much this goes on in Christians. You're constantly looking for something in the natural to fix something that's spiritual. There's, listen, this is the rest wherewith you cause the weary to rest. I, I tried that tongue stuff. That's why I'm preaching to you. If this is the rest, then, you, then Coco ain't it. Now, I'm not anti-Coco. I just saw the thing where Lisa's taking all, their, all the women to the beach. And, and, and God made beaches, and he wants you to go to the beach. Lisa and I went to, what was that beach we went to? We went down there and had that crabby patty that Melanie told us about. In the Singer Island. Well, I mean, I, I love going to the beach, but I don't go there because my soul is screwed up. I left with my soul Right. I went down there and enjoyed the things of God, but I wasn't there looking for happiness. I was already, I, listen, when you get right with God, you get joy. You don't need happiness. I've had joy when I wasn't happy at all. Because happiness is based on what's happening, and sometimes what's happening ain't no good, so all I have is joy. And joy is always a choice. Whether you're at the beach or in a jail with your back beat, you can have joy. Well, I'm preaching real good, but some of y'all are looking at me like, a, see, the temptation is always there. Or, or go to the mall and buy yourself something. All you're doing is just increasing your debt. Right. And you're going to lose your happiness when the bill comes in. I was happy till I got the bill. Okay, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to say amen anyway. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. How did that make you feel? It doesn't matter. How do you feel? It don't matter. What does the word say? When we were in Tulsa this week, uh, last week, um, we went out there for the Ramus 50th. They got up and they were talking about dad and they said, anytime you walked in his office and asked him a question, he always answered, what does the word say? What does the word say? What does the word have to say about this? All right, let, let, let's, let's get on this because I, you know, I, I don't want to bore y'all out of your mind. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. Now let's talk about relationships now. I built my life on the word. When I met Lisa, it was not to fix a hole. You, you can't love a woman if you have issues and you think she's going to meet them. That's called groveling. 
In other words, I married her and started sucking the life out of her. I didn't do it. One of the reasons she married me is because I was already settled. I was already content with her and content without her. I didn't need her to end loneliness. I was so lonely. Well, get saved. You can be married and lonely. I don't know whether y'all ever knew that or not. You can actually be in a room with people and be lonely. But now Lisa, I married her because no matter how many issues she had, and she had a couple, she'd already showed me that she was building her life on the word. In other words, everything wasn't right yet, but I already knew by watching her for a while that when she had a problem, she was going to go get a Bible and get it fixed with her and God. She wasn't going to suck the life out of me. So we can fellowship and we can give to one another and we can love one another, but we're not, if you leave me, my life will fall apart. Mine won't. If I died her life, she, I will just tell you right now, she will not fall apart. She never built her life on me. We have a lot of good times together, but she builds her life on the word of God. That's, I, don't, I didn't build my life on this church. I built my life on the word of God. If you leave tomorrow, I'm not going to have a nervous breakdown because I didn't build my life on you to begin with. Well, y'all don't have any idea how, 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 how secure that is. I built my life on the word, and he said, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. And he said, I'll meet all of your needs, and that's all I ever needed to know. And whether I have 10 or 10,000 does not matter to me one iota. Not insecure. Woo, that's good preaching. Well, this is good, isn't it? let's talk about a few of these I got a couple of books here I'm going to read in a minute John 1 John 5 11 1 John 5 let me read something to you I got this book put out by Billy Brim, Spiritual Warfare. Powerful, powerful little book. If you've been saved any length of time, you've met the devil. Okay. I've had people walk in here and go, y'all talk about the devil a lot. Well, I'm surprised that we're the first time you ever heard about the devil. Because if he's running the church, you don't hear much about him. Never mind. No, no, no. Oh, saints, believe what God says about you. Study the word and begin to realize that you can overcome the devil. So where are those thoughts coming from? The devil. Well, you're not going to make it. What are you going to do? How are you going to make it? Oh, my God, you know good and well they don't like you. I mean, they just walk right by and say a word to you. I wouldn't put up with that crap if I was you. 
If you've ever heard those words, you have met the devil. Oh, saints, believe what God says about you. Study the word and begin to realize that you can overcome the devil. He does not need to overcome you. If he does, it's it's because you are convinced that you are not convinced that you are all God says you are. You are entertaining doubts that weaken your stand of faith. Refuse doubt. Utterly believe the word of God. God uh, God is not a liar. He is truth. What he says is, no matter how you feel about it, feelings must never enter in the battle of your faith. Run feelings off. Now, that that means that right in the middle of the battle, you're going to need some scripture that you're basing your faith on. And when you do it, you're going to feel it isn't true. The reason you're walking by faith and not by sight or not by your five physical senses is because your five physical senses are all telling you that what you're reading isn't so. But you have to go, it is so, and I'm building on this and not on how I feel about it. All right, that's powerful. You cannot mix them up in a fight of faith. All right. First John 5. Let's go over there. First John 5. Many people have asked me, you know, when I started the Bible school and, and I wrote my book and all that, one of the things that I was battling with when I got born again that I, that I battled with, I, it was a war in me. And I never told anybody how intense it was. That though I was born again, I was going to lose my salvation the first time I did something stupid. In other words, I'm just a forgiven sinner. And I lived in the fear of that. Yeah, you're saved, but. Yeah, he forgave you, but. And I didn't have any, I I didn't know what to do about that. And you hear in my, if you read my book, and and we're going to buy some so you can read them. You hear me constantly talking about, I had a forgiveness mentality, but yet something more than being forgiven happened, and I could not explain it. I didn't understand new creation. I didn't understand I was a righteousness of God. I had never heard anybody say those things. Though I'm born again and God is being good to me, I lived in a certain element of fear. You're going to screw up. You know that, that everyone else has left you and there will come a day he'll leave you too. He won't put up with you long. Come on, y'all. What do, you do, what do you do with that? I had, no, I had no, no scripture. I would read scriptures in the Bible about how mean God was, and it would reinforce it. I'd read about him killing somebody, and i go, hey, he probably killed me by morning. And so Barbara helped me with the book. When he would come in and sit down and tell me a story, it was always the opposite of what I was hearing in my soul. God was counteracting the lies from hell by getting me rooted on the word of God. See, that's one of the reasons I love what I do. You have people like Robert come walking in here. I love this man because I understand him. 
I was there. And I never forgot it. So here's a scripture I found. Are y'all ready? I found this one day and I'm like, woo! First John 5. He who has the son, verse 12, has life. He who does not have the son has not life. These things I've written to you that believe in the name of the son of God, so you will know you have eternal life. And I found that and I went, glory to God, I have eternal life. And all of a sudden, I got a scripture that is the opposite of the way I feel. Now I'm, I'm looking at the scripture, and I'm going by the way I feel, and then I read the scripture, and then I go by the way, and I went kind of schizo for a while. I'd open up my Bible, and I'd get all happy. I was always happy when I was reading the Bible, so I read it all the time. Yeah, it is. You read the verse of this? Verse 11 says, this is the testimony God has given us eternal life, life is in his son. Now, then, then let's talk about prayer now. Because every time I've ever prayed, I always have this feeling that he ain't listening. And he don't care. Now, I must be Catherine. I must be the only person in this room ever battled with. You know, when your life has been hell, it, your soul don't straighten out in a week because you got saved or two weeks or three. Look at this one. This is the confidence I have in him. If I ask anything according to his will, which I, well, here's the devil. Yeah, but you don't know his will. And whatever you're doing ain't the will. Well, now my bubbles popped and now I feel like crap again. Am I the only one in this church? All right, let's go, let's go. And then I found out I heard a preacher say the word of God and the will of God is synonymous. And I went, oh, if I find it in the word, that is the will of God. This is the confidence I ask anything going to he hears me. And if, I, and if I know he hears me, I know I have it. I have no, there's no way to know that he answered me other than that scripture. Everything says he didn't hear me. Now, let's go over life a minute. What, what happens when you get born again and you're obeying God and your wife leaves you and the church kicks you out and you lose your job? Does the circumstances not say God left you? Does the, the, y'all, come on. What, what are the circumstances? Listen, I went through a bout of Depression. Not, not that I had gone through trouble, but the fact that God was not answering me. And right in the middle of all of that hell is when he in my car said, want to hear a story? And he told me the story, little creature. And I got my eyes back on the word and I got my joy back in the middle of a, of a problem. I'm preaching better than you, amen. I'm being more open with you tonight than I probably have ever been. Because you think that I just do everything I do, just that, and honey, it ain't so. I fight for every inch of ground I've ever taken in my life. I, it's like every time I do something for God, Satan kicks my teeth in, and I... And I and I have to go, oh, I'll have to fix all that again. 
Am I the only one in here? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But through it all, I have learned that I can build on the word. Anchor my ship to something that does not move. The storms don't matter. I'm anchored on the word. All right, now let's look at another one. Let's look at another one. I got a few. Romans 8.31. Here's another one of my scriptures that I found one day. Is, did, is any of y'all ever struggled with your soul? Yes. Kathy, have you ever, I mean, I know you're a, you're a perfect woman and you've never done anything wrong in your life, but have you ever struggled at least a little bit? I'm not going to ask Robert Aaron or Robert. Barbara, how about you? Yeah, yeah. Every one of us, every one of us in this room deal with this issue. My heart goes out to people who walk through those doors and they stay here a month and don't come. Listen, stay long enough to learn what we're saying. Because you're running your life on your emotions. Because Lisa and I will talk to them and they'll tell us, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. That's not your issue. I want God to stop the problems. No, you need to get on the word. Yeah, but I just want God to fix this and fix this and fix it. Yeah, you do. But, but, but uh, when, when he does, you're just going to screw it up again. Get, where's your Bible? What are you building on? Well, I read that scripture once. You might want to read it twice. Romans 8. Are you all out there? This is another scripture. And, 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 and I didn't, and I'm, let me throw another one at you. Look, look at my Bible, and I had to glue it together today. I found some super glue at Lowe's, some big, giant, and I glued it all back. It's not marked because I'm a pastor. It's marked because I'm a mess. Do you understand that? When I find something, I go, mark it. My God, that's a good scripture right there. <laughs> now, see, I'm starting to feel bad that I've even told you that. You're going to walk out and go, he's messed up. Romans 8, what can I, 31, what can I say to these things? If God is for me, say it, if God is for me, who can be against me? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he God not with him freely give me all things? Now you can go to the beach. I'm, I'm not picking on Lisa. She loves the beach. I'm, Lisa, I'm not picking on you. I, I love going places, but a place doesn't fix the problem. Amen. Nothing right. on the planet in the natural will fix a spiritual problem. Only thing is that you better get your anchor. And you, I walk by faith, not by sight. Not by the way I feel, not by the what I hear, not by what it looks like, and certainly not by the way I feel. 
All right, let me, <laughs> let me go to another one. John 17, 20. I got a few minutes here. We're doing good. John 17. Don't you love this? Um, when, whenever we talk about confessing the word, it, it's, not a, it's not a religious thing. It's life. John 17, verse 20. I am not praying for these alone, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I'm also praying all the people who are going to believe in me through their words say, that's me. He's now praying for me and you. Does he get his prayers answered? You better believe he does. That they would be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I gave it to Daryl and Robert. That Robert and Daryl can be one, and I in Robert and Robert in me, that Robert would be perfect, and that everyone would know I loved him as much as I do Jesus. Now that, man, if your wood's wet, you can shout. Look at that. Oh, glory be to God. Now, hold on a minute. Let's just say for a minute that Robert's having a bad day. He can read that and bad day's done. All of the feelings don't matter. All right. Go to Ephesians chapter one. Now, I stumbled on these scriptures. Y'all thought I got them all from Bible school. I didn't. And I didn't believe them the first time I read them either. It took a while before my soul would accept it. Now, Barbara, I don't think they understand that, but they're just looking at me really, really cute. Ephesians 1 I had a dream that I was talking to Rick Renner about Ephesians 1. And I, when I woke up, I called Cindy and said, I want to go to his meeting. And this last time in Tulsa, I got to walk up and spend a couple minutes and talk to Rick. Praying about getting him in here. It'd be a miracle, but it, listen, God does miracles. I love, Justin had had a pit bull. Now, I love pit bulls because they don't know they're little. <laughs> the stinking dog would attack the bull next door and hit him with his head and knock him down. Now, when someone calls me a little dog, I go, yeah. But I don't know it. Never mind. <laughs> I'm glad y'all appreciate my crazy humor. I do. I'm just, I got to tell you this story. There was, a, there was a pit bull in the backyard. And one day he came through the fence and there was three Doberman pinchers in the backyard and the pit bull looked at the three Dobermans and growled, scratched the dirt and attacked them. The Dobermans beat the little pit bull up. The pit bull left. The next day the pit bull came back. 
looked at the Doberman, scratched. And he attacked him again. And, and, and the, pit, the Dobermans beat him up, but this time, this time not quite as bad. Pit, the pit bull left. Third day, pit bull comes back up. By now, the Dobermans are backed up against the fence, and they're terrorized. <laughs> because this little dog ain't going to get whipped. And now the Dobermans are running from him. I want all of y'all to do this. <laughs> I don't care how many times the devil has whooped you. I want you to stick your nose back under that fence and go, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> All right, well, I'm having too much fun. Ephesians 1, um, 2 verse 6 to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he made us accepted in the beloved. We have been accepted. Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, there's nobody out there has a righteousness better than yours. Have the same righteousness. The same acceptance, the same love, the same grace. They may have a call to do a job, but there ain't anybody out there that God loves more than you. And you've been just as accepted as anybody else. Now, when you read stuff like that, that gets rid of all of the, what do they think about me? Don't matter. If you walk by faith, they'll call you arrogant. At some point, they will call you arrogant. All right, I'm about done. I am about done. I want to read one more thing from this book right here. And um, because, because the devil is always messing with your mind and with you. Okay. And... It, or, or maybe I should ask, does he ever mess with you? Yeah. Okay, I just thought I was in the wrong church. I thought it was just me. Does he mess with Melanie Hayward? Any? I don't know. Him. Betty May never mess. He, he knows better than mess with Betty May. Betty May will whip him. She is a little pit bull, isn't she? She'll just go back out there and just whoop on him a while. But I read this book. Cindy Duvall brought it and gave it to Lisa. And when, when she picked it up, I was going through a battle. I was going to, if, you, if you've been in ministry or, or a Christian any length of time, you've been through stuff. Yes. Now, we don't talk about it because we, we know we want to keep up. A, I'm doing great. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Abraham's blessed. But when we close the door at night, it's not so. There's all hell is breaking loose. <laughs> And then the devil is beating on you to make it worse. Now, if you've ever messed anything up or made a mistake, he'll come along and he'll, oh, my God, will he remind you of it. And if he doesn't, you've got relatives who will. And the problem is, is that everything they say is true. All right. There's a scripture here, there's a page here that I read. 
The believer has now accepted the place of exaltation with the Lord. There has opened for him a life of holiness in the presence of God and watchfulness in the presence of the enemy in a deeper sense than he has ever known before. His first lesson, he is personal. He must learn the significance of the term Satan, adversary. And he then must come to understand why one of the titles is accuser of the brethren. Revelation 12.10, just as Joshua and Zechariah 3.1, when he came to stand before the angel of Jehovah, found Satan standing at the right hand to be his adversary. So will the spiritually energetic child of God, he will encounter a constant stream of accusations in his own heart. Everybody in this room has battled this. You didn't do it enough. You didn't pray enough. If you prayed enough, you didn't pray. You, you prayed too loud. If you prayed too loud, you prayed too quiet. If you prayed in tongues, you didn't pray in English enough. You didn't pray in English. You didn't pray enough in tongues. And if you did pray in tongues, you just didn't shout loud enough. And if you shouted, you didn't dance enough. You didn't dance enough. You didn't read your Bible enough. And then you missed church and you got God shouldn't have done that. And you didn't tithe. You should have. Yeah, you tithe, but you should have given double. And see, it don't matter what you've done. Some somebody in hell is going to be talking to you about how you ain't there yet. Robert, I don't know if I helped anybody else or not, but I think I helped me and you. So that he will encounter a constant stream of accusations in his own heart. These will trouble him until he discovers that the purpose of the enemy is to turn him in upon himself. You know how many people, and I'm going to say this with, with my heart, they walk in this church and their eyes are cast down. And when they do, my heart goes right out to them. And, and you can tell they've been in a war. Been through a divorce, been through hell. They don't know the word. And you can tell they walk into church and you go, how are you doing? You go, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Why is your countenance down? Because somebody's beating you up and most of the time it's you. Through creating a consciousness of personal unworthiness, draw him down from the place of perfect faith. You can't live by faith with condemnation in your soul. You better believe, you better learn about the blood. Okay, we're gonna, y'all are kind of quiet, but I think you're listening, so I'm gonna leave you alone. He learns to overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb. That is to say, he presents the blood as the only answer to the accusations. He speedily learns a further use for the divine provision. The blood represents not only the cleansing from guilt and the power of sin, but also the witness of the overwhelming victory gained at Calvary by virtue of which the Lord is now seated on high. Once this is grasped, the believer sees that he does not have to fight against the foe, but simply hold over his head an already unaccomplished triumph. I walk by faith and not by the way I feel. 
I had a time in my life where I really wanted people to like me. That didn't work. <laughs> we all do. You're tying your, your, your anchor to a person. One day I realized that there will always be people with problems who brought their problems in here and I'm not their problem. And you're not either. And I had to go to God and get my, my, my worth from him even when I did mess up. You know how many times I forgive myself? About 104 times a year. I could have done a whole lot better than that tonight. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said that. Okay. You know, we, our biggest critics are us. I told Lisa one time, I said, don't beat on me. I'm already doing a good job. Until one day I realized that my righteousness is not based on whether I did it right or didn't do it right. I've been accepted in the love. Now, you see, you can't love if you're not, if you're not receiving love. You can't give it away. And once you learn that, you're walking by faith, you become nicer. You become easier to get along with. You become more fun. You actually like being around yourself. But you've learned that you've built your life on the Word, and it will never move. I'll wake up tomorrow morning, and the Word will be the same. If God is for me. He forgives every iniquity, heals every disease, and he redeems my life from destruction. And he crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy so that my youth is renewed like an eagle. And I am blessed coming in, and I am blessed going out. And Abraham's blessings are mine. And I am alive with the very life and nature of God because the same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells on the inside of me. And because I have Jesus, I have eternal life. And because I have eternal life, I have the life of God down on the inside of me. I have the mind of Christ, and I have the wisdom of God. And if God is for me, by God, it don't matter who's mad or not. Y'all are there. I mean, you're with me right now. This is a life style. This is a lifestyle. This is not like, and that was a good sermon. No, it's not. This is life. Learn to walk by faith. Now, if you, and I'm, I'm fixing, I'm, I'm out of time. Justin's getting his pilot's license. I'm looking forward to Justin getting his instrument rating. Because they're going to put you in an airplane, and they're going to put a screen on the windshield, and they're going to put a screen on the sides, and you're going to fly, and you can't see a thing. And you're going to trust your instruments. And you think you can feel an airplane flying level? You cannot. I can get you upside down and you won't know it because the feelings aren't there. They say the average person in a cloud that's not trained will live a, a, at least one minute before they die. Because you fly by feelings, you'll die. But you fly by the instruments, you'll live. And you have to train them to fly by the instruments. And once you do it, it's the easiest thing in the world you ever did. Once a man or a woman, once a man or a woman learns to walk by faith. 
There's not a devil in hell can defeat you. You say, how do you feel? I don't ask myself how I feel, and I ain't answering your question. Some of y'all come to church, I didn't feel good. I'd like to tell you how many times I didn't feel good, and I, I came and preached. I got out of bed and came and preached and went home and got back into bed. <laughs> In 30-something years, take a rough guess. <laughs> There's how many times have I missed I've only missed like four times and I was in the hospital and I tried to talk them into letting me come. <laughs> and I would have too. If I could have got that thing out of my arm and all and found my underwear they took away from me. <laughs> Say, I walk by faith, walk by faith. Not, by not by sight. Say, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. for feelings. feelings. But they don't rule me. Now, we, well, I'm not done yet. We need to get in here and talk about marriage. When someone says something makes you mad, that's a feeling. That's an emotion. I don't have to rule you. I ain't hurting my feelings. So? So? I'm not going to get that worm any. I'm not going to open that can anymore. I'm just going to stop right there. Can you live without your feelings taking you like a yo-yo up and down? Yes, you can. Father God, thank you for this evening. I, I came in here with the idea of teaching tonight on, on faith. Just, this is a lifestyle. This is, this is the way I live. This is the way Lisa lives. This is the way there's people in this room. They've lived this way for years. I pray that everybody that walks through that door would learn to live by faith and not by sight. You gave us sight, you gave us feelings, and they're good. They're, they're for us. They're just not supposed to rule. I pray everybody in the sound of my voice, if they're not building their life on the, on the rock, they would walk out tonight and pick their Bible up and go, I am building on this word alone. And when the storms come, my house will not fall. And Father, I thank you for that, and I, I give you glory and honor for everybody the sound of my voice, that they walk out of here tonight, and they know that they know that they know that you love them, you're, they're accepted in the beloved, they're watched in the blood, their best days are ahead, and you answer their prayers. And the way we know that, you said so, no matter how they feel, and no matter what's happening to them in the natural, the word is truth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen and amen. Well, God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button, or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.